Howdy do, buckaroos. This is the after show. Hello and welcome. It's been some time, so we're going to see if we can remember how all of this works. Some of us are having more trouble with that today than others. Well, it's also so. the morning. In fairness to us, we're recording in the morning. And it hasn't been that long. We sort of have our act together, but no, not, not, it's not that much. Technically, it's only morning for half of us. This is true. But half a morning <laughs> is better than none. Hi, Kelly. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, Mike. It's, well, for me, it's going fine. How about for you? Oh, I, I, had, I, had some, I had some unfortunate... Uh, it's a long, it's a long story, but we'll get into it in a minute. Welcome yeah, to the after show. We can condense most of it to Skype. We can <laughs> condense most of it to Skype issues. Uh, Skype, as usual, given us a, a little. Um, we both had a, as as Kelly put it, a whack in the head with a clue by four. Um, as you'll hear <laughs> uh, from the passing helicopter in my room tone here, there it goes. I am recording with the windows open because it is a glorious autumn Sunday morning in New York City. Um, for those who have not spent any time in New York City in the fall, it is the unquestionably the best season. Spring is nice. Summer is miserable. Winter is eh. Spring, <laughs> autumn, autumn, is, autumn is fantastic. Autumn in New York is, is just is like, is like spring in Paris. It is beautiful. The air actually is like the first breath you take smells neither like garbage or excrement. Um, hey. It's awesome. I mean, it, it's really, it has a wonderful feeling to it. And in fact, so yesterday, uh, Saturday was Yom Kippur. So the big, the big Jewish holiday. And that, of course, for my family meant we were in synagogue most of the day. And we were, in, we, we arrived at 10, finished up around the, the end of the services was around 545 or 6 p.m. So the whole day was pretty much taken up. And it, and it felt it was so long that in fact the seasons changed literally while we were indoors that day. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, in the morning it was like it was it was humid and it was kind of it was sunny and it was kind of you know seventy eight degrees and at, in the afternoon it was fifty four degrees and it like changed during the course of the day. It was amazing. Today is seventy <laughs> and sunny and clear and fantastic. So if you're not in New York or in the Northeast, now is the time to go check it out. It's a great day to have the windows open. That is why I do have the windows open here in the East Coast after show studio. And uh <laughs> and that means you will hear the occasional aircraft uh in the approach path to uh LaGuardia, which is where I live, and uh, possibly passing cars and possibly lawnmowers, but if it gets bad, I'll close it. We'll and the, figure it out. We'll figure it out. So the other, so the thing I was gonna, I was, I was telling Kelly about right before we went on the air. Um, this morning, Sunday morning, I got up moderately early, not as early as Kelly did, but I got up moderately early, <laughs> and I packed up my gear and I went to go do something. I went to go try to create a birthday present for my wife. Her birthday's in a couple weeks. And I know I can mm -hmm. talk about this because she doesn't listen to the show. So, it's perfectly safe. <laughs> it's just between us. I chickens. have that too. I can talk about all kinds of stuff that I'm going to do for Mr. Kelly for his birthday. And the reason for that is because I'm pretty secure in the knowledge that there's no way even accidentally he's going to end up hearing anything I say right, right now. It's, it, is, it is theoretically possible that someone who does listen to the show might repeat something one of us said to our respective spouses, but that is a that is, the risk surface there is much lower than if our spouses <laughs> actually did listen to the show. A long shot at best. A long shot at best. So, uh, my my wife is a uh, is a fan of a particular piece of public art here in New York City, uh, mm -hmm. in Brooklyn. There actually are two of these, which is part of what I discovered. Um, there are two of these pieces of public art. They are stained glass water towers, and they are. Uh, adjacent, they are on the tops of buildings adjacent to the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, which is a, the major highway uh, going along the Brooklyn waterfront. Uh, and so last week, um, I made an attempt to get a photograph of this water tower. And um, problem number one is I went to as it turned out, the wrong instance of this water tower there, because oh, no. I, as I discovered, there are two. Uh, and the one I went to uh, is in uh, Dumbo and is actually at the top of a approximately seven-story building. And I went with my drone, with my DJ, DJI Spark, which I love, and I said, you know, I could go and buy a print of this work from the professional photographer who shot shot it originally, um, but that's you know close to a thousand dollars, and I, you know kind of a kind of an expensive present. And again, yeah. I feel there gets in the whole tension of like I want to support the artist and I want to support the photographer, but at the same time, it is public art, and so mm -hmm. by its very nature, I 
uh, it is permissible to create representations of it because it's there outside in the public. Anyway, so the ethics of taking a picture of a piece of public art, we're leaving aside. This is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And I thought, hey, great, drone shot. It would be fantastic. It'd be a unique perspective. Nobody's going to have this. It'll be very hard to, to replicate this shot. So I went, I mean, I was at the I was at the top of Brooklyn Bridge Park, and I set up my drone, and I fly my drone up into the air, and I realize that uh, the, the control ceiling for the DJI Spark, if you are using it just with the Wi-Fi on your phone or your iPad, oh, no. is, about, is about 30 meters. So it's about 94, 95 feet in the oh. air, which is not quite the height of this building. Let me ask you how you know. <laughs> yeah. Ask me how I know. Because I tried, and I got it out of range, and then it, uh, it fortunately came back down. Um, so I tried that a couple times on Tuesday. Didn't work. I since purchased the, uh, the external remote controller, which pairs with your phone and, and, and expands the range, vertical range up to 500 feet, uh, and the, 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 the drone itself has a service ceiling of, I think, about 13, 13, 4,000 meters. That's not okay. right. Something, not 4,000 meters. That's, that's crazy high. Um, <laughs> but it has a high, relatively high service ceiling, but in terms of your legally how far you're able to fly it above your head, it's basically you can only fly it high enough where you can still see it, which is approximately you know, 500 feet, give or take. Okay. But that would be fine because that would be well above the height of this building. Um, and it, and the range is any up to about, you know, 1.3, 1.4 kilometers would be mm-hmm. fine. Perfectly. It would be more than I need. So I got the controller, I set it up, I grabbed it. I went out this morning. I drove to Brooklyn bridge park to the other instance of this piece of art. Okay. Which is lower uh, and the, it is it is the it is the Tom Fruin Water Tower in Brooklyn, and got to Brooklyn Bridge Park, Bridge Park, and couldn't find a place to park my car. Oh my gosh! And after have, trying for twenty plus minutes and being told at the garage, oh, we're it's forty dollars to come in and come out today. Oh my I was God. like, you know what? No. So I came home. <laughs> I was like, and I I told myself, well, the light's not right now anyway, and I want to get it at sunset, and uh, so. <laughs> So this was my my um, my my attempt in vain to create something this morning, um, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited when it when I do get it. Wow, when I'm excited for that motorcycle. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I do get it done, I'm excited to see what it what it comes out as because if I've talked about I don't know if I've talked about the the spark on the show before. Maybe I have. DJI has. A lot of drones. A lot of drones. They're most famous for the Phantom. Um, yeah. They make the Mirage. If you've seen somebody talking about a drone. It was probably a DJI. It, it made was it, the it, the um, the Phantom. I think is the one that like lots of people have gone and purchased. And yeah, lots of profession, lots of professionals and and or or folks who are professional photographers or videographers and who are getting into drone photography get the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Really, really. Ca- I mean. Um, GoPro makes one now. Parrot obviously has had a lot of a lot of models. DJI is a you know it's a Chinese company that has a that has a pretty good reputation for for durability and creating and creating these these drones that are are, are relatively easy to fly and create great photographs and great video. The Spark is sits at the toward the very much toward the consumer side. The Mavic the Mavic Pro or the Mavic Platinum is the one right above it. Um, and they both are, they're both fantastic. They're both very compact. The Spark itself is really small, um, really light, but flies amazingly, takes fantastic photographs. I'll put some, I'll put some up on the site in the show notes of stuff I took, uh, this summer with it. It's astonishing. I mean, it creates this incredible, it's this incredible experience in the air and it's relatively cheap. It's a, you know, starts at about four ninety nine. So I'm like, I'm confident that if I can get it into position that I can get a shot. It's a 12 megapixel camera, 1080p. Um, one of the big reasons people do step up to the Mavic is the Mavic has a 4K, can do 4K video, uh, okay. uh, which the Spark cannot. But like, you know, for me, this is going to. I am confident that I can get an image that will reproduce well. Um, I just need to get. <laughs> I need to get in a place right. where I can get the shot. I also need to do this without you know getting arrested. Um, which is a potential other generally issue. Generally, a generally a plus. Not generally a plus. So anyway, 
thus ends the portion of the show that Mike's wife is not going to hear, so it's not relevant. <laughs> um, but but I you know I it, there's there's a lo- there's a community of of drone photographers and drone videographers out there that is in many ways like the desktop publishing community of you know 20 years ago my god is it 20 it's more than 20 years ago <clears throat> more isn't than it 20 <sighs> um the I know. desktop publishing community to get off my lawn of 28 years ago 30 years ago uh, and the desktop video you know aficionados of 15 years ago mm-hmm. um we're seeing a democratization of flight which is which is really interesting but also there's a you know when desktop publishing goes bad uh when there's font abuse and by the way there was a saturday night live sketch last night apparently about oh the use of god. papyrus i haven't watched it yet oh but my I, god i've heard I about thought it i was gonna die yes um i'll explain why but we'll talk about that we'll talk about that but but like a desktop desktop publishing goes wrong like the worst thing that might happen is a mild headache and from mm-hmm. eye strain drone you're flying a drone and something goes badly wrong people can get hurt uh, exactly. stuff can get damaged. And so <laughs> this is a, this is an area where like, I'm trying to be, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be you know, participating in this. And I think it's yeah, really kind like of fantastic. Me, yeah. You've spent too long with people. And so, you know, like I've spent too long with software. And right. so, um, like when I see something like this, like I think it's amazing and I think the potential is astounding. And then I remember that it's going to be people who are going to be using it. And then I'm a little sad because all I can see is all the ways it will go wrong. <laughs> right. All the things that could go sideways. And in this case, literally go sideways. Actually and, sideways and then plunge downward. And yes. then plunge downward. Yes. Well, you know, the expression, it all went sideways, takes on a new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you're talking about blades spinning at 700 RPM in the, in the air. <laughs> and then it all went sideways. You can see it here in this video that was right. recording at the time. It all went wrong. Yeah. It, was, it, was near, it was near the giraffe's neck, and then it all went sideways. <laughs> um, yeah. So this SNL sketch. Yes. Um, let's talk about that, because I haven't seen it yet. I'm, oh, I'm my God. Okay, so I'm not going to give away the ending, but um, it starts, it's, it's one of the, like, SNL shorts, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Ryan Gosling was the host last night, so it's it's Ryan Gosling, and it's like him laying awake in bed, you know, and he goes, and he goes, once again, it was haunting me, you know, something like that. <laughs> and then it shows him at breakfast, and like he's sitting at the at the breakfast table, and the you know, there's a woman at the counter behind him, and and the voiceover says, I couldn't eat, or I can't eat, I can't sleep, and she goes, What's wrong, honey? And he goes. <sighs> nothing and she goes this again really and what he's so upset about is that avatar used papyrus <laughs> damn <laughs> and then and then it gets weird okay? it was, <laughs> but I, yeah and like i said i don't want to give away the ending but the ending is like the perfect button to this sketch it was so awesome. And so I start giggling and now I can't stop giggling and it's, you know, twelve fifteen or whatever. Mr. Kelly goes, What? And I and I explain it to him and he's like, Okay. And I'm like, No, but you what? Yeah. And so then for a second I felt like I was Ryan Gosling in that video to explain to him why this was so terrible. And it was it was very very funny but that actually wasn't so i i didn't get to see update this week and i'm very sad about that um it's on the tivo and i'll watch it later but um one thing that i saw another thing i saw this week that was interesting and sort of entertaining was amazon's announcements yeah it's funny you should mention it that was that was also on my mind (laughs) well because here's the thing is and and i'm not a person to to say this very often you've heard me say this a lot of times that Amazon's Amazon does not believe its competition to be Best Buy or Target mm-hmm. or, you know, I was going to say Whole Foods, but they're kind of not no, competition kind of, anymore, are yeah, they? Not anymore. Um, <clears throat> Amazon thinks it's, its competitors are Google and Apple. And the reason I think that is, you remember back in the day, we were talking about like renting movies, I think it was, on the App Store. And you could rent them from Apple and then Amazon came out and said you can, or maybe it was TV shows or something. And then Amazon's response to that was you can buy them from us for 99 cents. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like that's what they're doing again. Um, and part of it is because there's a whole thing with Apple and like where Siri fits into Apple's product lineup and what it is Apple thinks people are doing with Siri. And so what I will say about that is uh, there were a bunch of new hardware updates released uh, earlier this week mm-hmm. as we record this, uh, technically last week because it's Sunday. Um, and a lot of it was Echo-based stuff. Uh, for example, the new Echo Base is a hundred bucks instead of two. Yep, I believe that's the case. So that's the big one for people who are wondering. That's like the big, the big, the tower, the black monolith, canister and style. The, and they yeah. they they took the monolith and they they basically split it into two products. One is the the monolith monolith, and the other one is the I think I'm not sure if it's the Echo Plus or how they're branding it, but it's the one that essentially has a smart home hub, a Z Wave or a Zigbee Echo- Hub. Yes, the Echo with the Home Hub. Yeah. And anyone who's ever listened to me talk about stuff in my house, what I can run with my phone, mm-hmm. knows that the thing that has driven me to distraction is every single one of these things comes with another little plastic box. I got to plug into a thing. Yep. And then I have to have a separate app to manage it, or I yep. have to have a separate home brain, yep. whether it's a Smart Things Hub or whatever. Or an Apple so, TV. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Apple TV is not really a home hub. No, um, not really. <clears throat> it's more of a and home. And it doesn't want home. to be. And the reason I know that is because I wrote an article about it and someone from Apple PR <laughs> called me and said, no, no. That's not what it's supposed to be. That's not what it is. Yes. It's a resident device is what is how they have the Apple, T- the Apple TV set up. It's a resident device, which means it's a device on your network that never leaves. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's not what I want it to do. The whole reason that Apple TV should be a smart home hub is because I never take my Apple TV with me anywhere. My phone goes with me all the time. My iPads leave with me. My laptops leave with me. It should be the Apple TV. I don't take the Apple TV with me places. So it should be a thing that you can do and make happen. And yeah. So anyway, it was a whole thing. And, and, and by the way, by the way, it is the Echo Plus. It's the Echo Plus with home hub, but the, but the product name is the Echo Plus. So they're, yeah. they're not and deliberately they also, trying to confuse us. Right. So they also have a kit and that kit is um, like comes with a hue bulb, I believe, mm-hmm. Yep. which is the other, uh, you know, the Pandora of smart home devices. Like it's it's available on everything. It works with everything. It just goes everywhere. And the thing that's really interesting to me about this is that um, <clears throat> they made the speakers in the Echo canister nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's got Dolby sound, I think. I believe that is correct. And so, um, so it's like Dolby sound. So it's, it's good speakers. It's not like, you know, the little Bluetooth speaker that you have in, 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 or the little okay speaker that you have in them now, mm-hmm. or the okay speaker that's in, uh, the, the dot, which is the little sort of outpost units. Um, so that's the thing that, that is very interesting to me about these is that I don't feel like these are competition for, uh, the home pod at all mm-hmm. because no. I don't understand who the competition for the home pod is. Like <laughs> if I want beautiful, here's the thing. I, I want beautiful sound in my house. I solved this problem many years ago. Yep. I bought a beautiful pair of speakers. I bought a beautiful pair of complimentary rear speakers. I got a, we have a nice amp and I plugged all those things in and I use the Apple TV because I have a lot of Apple stuff at my house. So I can bounce music to the amp and play it out of those beautiful speakers from anywhere. I can mm-hmm. play it from my laptop. I can do it from my phone. I can do it from my phone through the amp to come out the Bowers and Wilkins speakers. And I can do that with an app that makes the lights change color to the music. Mm-hmm. And so I can turn my basement into a discotheque at a moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing to be able to do. Well, it is when you have a bar in the basement, and uh, sometimes the bar needs a dance party. So, you know. It's a fact. It's just a there fact. There you go. So, like, I solved the problem of nice sound in my house. Other people I know have solved this problem with Sonos speakers, mm-hmm. or have solved this problem by just buying nice speakers and hooking them up like I did. Maybe they don't have quite the setup I do. Maybe they have way more setup than I do. But I don't know anyone who has... Do noodled over this and waited long enough to pay three fifty for a home pod that's going to solve this problem for them now the technology in the home pod is really cool. I love the idea of it like 
calibrating itself to the room based on sensors in the device. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I love what they're doing with that. I think it's a great idea, but I don't I don't get the utility of it. Yeah, and and the challenge is that most of the utility is driven by Siri and people have been trained to use Siri in ways that make sense for a device that is mobile but not as much for like things that sit still. And Amazon right. to a lesser degree Google and I'm being very careful not to say Google yes. with the word the word uh, that means exactly. everything's all right in front of it because there's one sitting there staring at me at the edge of my desk that I forgot <laughs> to remove before we started the show so that could have been embarrassing um, but it, like the 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 home home smart device or the chat the chat mm-hmm. chat box um, Amazon has built and largely defined the market Google yes. is googling which means to to come in in a way that's relatively subtle but well connected um apple is appling which is you know making something that is idiosyncratic and beautiful and sounds fantastic and may not have all the customizability or the utility underneath it because it's about experience and not necessarily about functionality first which Mm -hmm. is i think i I mean i'm 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 devil's advocating a little bit here i think the home pod is actually going to be a very functional device oh it absolutely is but I think user. I, I think this is a matter of user training, and this, this actually we could talk a bit about the. We'll talk a bit about the iOS 11 stuff in a minute. But, um, but when you look at, so looking at Amazon's new lineup, and mm-hmm. and you and you you know you've sort of established that at the at the margins, the the folks the Kelly the Kellyites the Kellyans the Kellyanians, um, <laughs> the residents of the House of Crackpot theories. Are, are have largely, while they've solved this problem, they've done it at the cost of aggravation and, and essentially everything comes with its own box or everything comes with its own controller. In my house, to a lesser extent, we have the same thing. I've got a Samsung SmartThings hub. I've mm-hmm. got the Kivo. Um, I've got the Kivo Plus hub, which really isn't a hub. It just talks to one thing, which happens to be the lock. Right. Um, it could talk to multiple locks in theory. Um, and I've got the Philips Hue hub, um, mm-hmm. which is also sitting off, you know, doing its own thing for the for the bulbs that it's doing it for. And the idea that, you know, there could be one, one box to rule them all, that's kind of attractive, especially considering that I'm already pretty well echoed up. Um, the, that's the only problem is that I, replacing any of this, these devices doesn't make sense because I have an Echo that is perfectly good. I've got two Echo Dots um, that are perfectly good uh, and get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's so so getting an Echo Plus, I mean, I wouldn't throw it out of the, the house for turning the lights on and off, but um, <laughs> but it's not it's not a it's not a particularly compelling upgrade for me for somebody who's coming to the platform. And I think Amazon is looking ahead to this holiday season and thinking, okay, yes. you know, we were we were pretty much on it for holidays 2016, and there were, we sold a lot of Echoes and we we pushed yes. a lot of Alexa um, savvy devices. Not to mention, by the way, this is a, this is an ecosystem now. It's not just Amazon devices. There are there are uh, work powered by Alexa works with Alexa speakers from a bunch of vendors. I think Anchor has one. Um, like loads of people, they're practically giving away Alexa integration in Cracker Jack boxes. Right, because they want they want it to be, they want it to be the way that you interact by voice with with your home or with your stuff, and the and, and you know what it works. Like yeah. the, the most exciting review I can give you about the the Amazon Echo base and the Echo units that I have is the most boring review I can give you of these items, and that is. Every time I tell them to do stuff, they just work. And sometimes when I'm not trying to tell them to do stuff, it's very entertaining. Like last night, I told her turn off or uh, Mr. Kelly told her to turn off all the lights. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of lights attached. So it takes her a few seconds before she comes back and says, you know, okay or whatever. So he said, turn off all the lights. And I looked up and we were watching SNL and there was this Jimmy Fallon commercial on. And so I asked her, hey, could you I asked her, hey, could you make sure Jimmy Fallon is stopped? And she was still turning off the lights. So a couple seconds later, she goes, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Alexa. This is what oh, I need out of the, my home assistant. The, the okay is hilarious. It's, my, it's one of my favorite things. Like, okay. Um, yeah. 
Um, but like, so here's the thing is that yeah. the whole reason I ended up hash brown team Alexa instead of team Siri, this is why. Because I was trying to set stuff up and I'm like, oh, HomeKit. HomeKit is awesome. HomeKit's great. All of these things work with it now. It took them 100,000 years to get everybody certified and mm-hmm. now people are certified and that's awesome and like, you know, let's rock. So I go to to set everything up and and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I live in my house and so does another person. And so I went to set up the little home app and I'm like, you know, here's what I have and da 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 da. And then I'm like, well, how do I make it so the other person who lives here can turn on the lights? Like, it should be easy, right? Right. Should be simple. Wrong. I have to invite the other person who lives at my house to my house. And then he doesn't get the same access to all of that stuff as I do because I'm like the owner and I invited him. And so it doesn't work. So like there's a house set up in in my iCloud shenanigans that is that is like some of the devices and then he has one set up that's also some of the devices not the same devices so whenever i try to ask her to do anything like it's a disaster area because they never figured it out and i'm like okay first of all if you're going to use home kit it should be tied to your apple id that should be an easy thing to do yeah number second of all the reason that you tie it to the apple id is because then if your apple ids are set up with family sharing you can make that stuff different for yourself. So if we have family sharing set up between my ID, my Apple ID, Mr. Kelly's Apple ID, then it should go, hey, everybody in the house can do these things because they are tied to a family shared Apple ID. So that sharing extends to the Hue bulbs or the Ecobee or the whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why this is complicated, except that I've been using services like this from Apple long enough to know that um, they've burned me before, which is why I try to rely on them as minimally as possible. So that's the thing that is sort of frustrating to me about this. I'm like, it's a house. Why do I have to invite someone who lives at my house to my house? This is stupid. I'm out. I will go back to doing everything with a folder full of apps. I will go back to doing everything the hard way. And then... Not this last summer, but the summer before, uh, Best Buy had a sale on the Echo Base. And so we had we had a conversation at my house and it was, hey, did you know that that Best Buy has like a I mean, it was like 40 or 50 bucks off or something. Right. The Echo Base. And Mr. Kelly says, well, when is Apple going to make one of those? Which was a. It's a fair question. Which is a fair question, but a very surprising question from the person who until very recently had to have a Windows machine and just would not let go of it. And is married to me, by the way. Um, (laughs) Held on to it for so long. And so he goes, well, when is Apple going to make one? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I'm not I'm not at this point. You know, remember, this was like summer 15. I said, you know, I'm not I'm not convinced that uh, Apple's ever going to get into this market. I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Mm. And I'm like, there's not even rumors about something like that that I can roll my eyes at and say are fake. Like nobody's talking about the Apple Echo. Right. And, and he goes, well, Best Buy has a 15 day return policy. Let's see what happens. So he brought it home and he set it up and there it sits on the end of the bar to this day. And we bought another couple dots so that we don't have to yell <laughs> from across right. the All house across to the get house. it to pick us up. Yeah, and because we have Prime, we can do stuff like uh if I'm in the kitchen, you know, I used to have this little setup. I have a an iPod Nano and a little speaker dock that I can connect it to, you know, and I can play music in the kitchen and I quit doing that actually mm-hmm. because I tell the dot in the kitchen to play the 80s channel right. or whatever on Amazon Music and I have music that I want to hear. Yep, or Pandora or Spotify or what have you. Yeah, it'll and that- look up to Pandora or Spotify if you have that. Like, I just sort of sample the Amazon Music stations. I don't listen to them enough to have like run out the playlists or anything. So, <laughs> to me, it's awesome. And 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 you have to wonder if the if the rapprochement uh, between Apple and Amazon on on Amazon Video on the Apple TV and the Apple TV being listed as a product for sale at Amazon again means that we might see Apple Music on the echo at some point i would be surprised but i wouldn't be shocked i think that, that was the deal you think honestly. is that is that you think but they have they haven't said that publicly yet have no. they okay. no they haven't said anything except um when we wasn't it when we got the last apple tv 
that they said that the Amazon app was coming to the, the Amazon video app was coming to the Apple TV? Um, they reiterated it, um, or it, it the, has at the, at the most recent, at the 4K event, uh, at the most yeah, recent but the event. First, the first inkling we got of that was, was a few months ago. Yeah. Really long time ago. Yeah. It was, so, it, and it's supposed to, and I think what they said, or what I saw most recently is it's by the end of the year, we're going to have it. Um, mm-hmm. If that also includes music, that would be very interesting. Um, it would. But I wonder if that's sort of the concession. Like, we will put Amazon, we will put the Amazon video app on the Apple TV if you will put the music app on the, on the Echo. Echo unit. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, but that seems like... We don't, we don't spend as much time in the House of Crackpot Theories as we used to, but... Uh, right. But we like to visit. We like to. We drive by. We drive by and point it out the window to the kids and say, "Hey, this is where, this is where, this is where Kelly grew up. Um, this is where the Verizon iPhone used to live." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Blast from well, the past. I just did. Uh, I just did a, a a hangout, the tech hangout, uh, with Ben Raythig and uh, Steve Sandy the other day to talk about the Apple event, and. That was one of the things we were talking about. Was Steve was like, "How are things at your house?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, the Verizon iPhone is the white iPhone." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and and the and the inevitable awkward reference to white iPhone owners, Um, (laughs) which was which was a bad a rough patch for all of us. Um, So I mean, as far as the Amazon stuff is concerned, there Mm -hmm. all the products are interesting. The one that is the most interesting to me is the Echo Spot, and and okay. And, you know, full disclosure, this is the one that I would buy and item will be released on December 19th. You sneaky sons of... (laughs) um, This is the one I would buy because the, 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 the nice thing about having an Echo Dot in the bedroom is that it's accessible sort of like when you need it for understanding what's about to happen in your day um, yeah, first and last first like, and I last exactly turn off i use it to turn off the lights at night like i just told you the story of same here and, uh, additionally uh, apparently stopping jimmy fallon and um <laughs> the other thing i like is in the morning like i i get her to give me the weather for the mm-hmm. day and then once i have the weather i can tell her i have a wemo switch and i have a hot water boiler that's hooked up to the wemo switch hmm. and i can tell her to turn that on for me because if it's going to be like a, yeah. a, a chilly day, like right now it's touch and go. So we're not to the point where I just turn on the rule where the, the water boiler comes on every morning. But when I listen to the weather and they're like, you know, today it could be 70 and sunny and tomorrow it's going to be 60 and rain all day long. Then I listen to the forecast. And once it's done, I can tell her to turn on the hot water for me. And then by the time I go downstairs, I have boiling water. I can have tea. Yep. That yeah. makes me happy. It's so it's interesting the parallels between our houses that are on opposite sides of the country because in fact <laughs> I have a I have a Wemo outlet that is that is intended or was for a while plugged in with the boiler with the uh, with the hot water kettle and mm-hmm. uh, was set on a timer and then I I decommissioned it I deprecated it because for some reason it wasn't like people were forgetting to fill the kettle and and turn it on with the switch uh, off and it yeah. was just confusing there's no indicator on that wemo switch and in a household with multiple oh. people it's like why isn't this working and they would just unplug it and plug it into another outlet um well, the new one has an indicator light on it yeah, the new, see, the new wemo it. is is well we bought one to try it out um it's lean and mean and by that i mean if you plug it in it doesn't block the other outlet oh i thought you meant it was like working out and and insulting people at the gym no, uh, diff- different. It is working. It, it did work out because now it doesn't take your entire outlet anymore. So Good. you can actually plug. In theory, you could plug two Wemos into the same electrical outlet, and they wouldn't block each other, which is awesome. Hmm. Plus, it has a little LED on it, so when I go downstairs, I can tell if she actually listened to me or not because I can see the light on the Wemo switch from far away. So, and it's well, just a little white light. It's not obnoxious or anything. Um, so the new Wemo is kind of a nice looking little device. All right. Well, it'll 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 it will also end up on the same list with the Echo Spot for the holidays because, like as you said, first and last, you 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 want something that is going to be able to give you that um, that actionable information or that actionable interaction at the start of the day, at the end of the day. Here's the problem: you have to talk to it. <laughs> it can't tell you anything without talking back. And in a household where people get up at different times. Mm-hmm. Like you can't sort of cradle it in your hands and whisper to it. I mean, you could, but that would be weird. So, <laughs> so the dot as a bedroom device is great, except without picking up the Alexa app, 
which then, I mean, defeats the entire, like, the, the the interaction model of the device is based on you talk to it, it talks back to you. Yes, I get it. Right. But adding the option to have, like, I can whisper to it and then it can respond to me visually mm-hmm. and tell me stuff visually without making a loud noise that might disturb somebody who is also hey. in the room asleep. That's huge. That actually, that is value added. And... I, I would be surprised if that's not a a setting or a mode that it can work in and say, look, I'm going to ask, I'm going to say, you know, Alexa news or Alexa flash briefing. And if time equals before 730 a.m., mm-hmm. give it to me visually. Let me read it. If time equals after 730 a.m. or after the second alarm or what, like, be smart about what, what alarms yeah. have been set. Great. Then, then you can t- then you can talk it. Then just but, talk about it, yeah. But 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 the but the Echo Show, I mean the the fact that both these devices have cameras, and as someone pointed out, is Amazon really going to be able to sell us on putting cameras in all our bedrooms? Hmm, maybe Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm gonna maybe get that little cover. But um, but I think having the screen on this device and at that price point at one hundred thirty dollars, like I would replace a dot with a spot. Mm-hmm. This is and someone, please, internet listeners. <laughs> I want the Dr. Seuss parody of somebody of Sam. I am talking to his Echo. <laughs> I do not. I do not like it. Echo dot. I do not like it. Echo spot. I do not like it here or there. I do not like I it anywhere. Do not like it anywhere. <laughs> um, it's coming. But but that to me is the the uh, of this product lineup. Yes, the plus for for a high high entry point with the smart hub is great. Obviously, the improved sound is great mm-hmm. in the Echo. The dot remains the second generation dot. The spot is really, pardon the expression, in the sweet spot mm-hmm. uh, for people who already have uh, who have already bought into the Alexa ecosystem. Yeah. It sounds interesting to me, but like um, somebody characterized it as it being um, supposed to, the point of the spot is to uh, replace the alarm on your nightstand. Yeah. And I'm without a motion, without a motion sensor, without the ability to smack it and get it to shut up. I don't know. <laughs> well, that too. But also like, I'm not putting a camera on my nightstand. Oh, hail to the no. That's just not happening. Well, I, you know, no one we needs could, to see that. I don't w- care if you're Amazon or anybody. No one needs to see that first thing so, in the morning. So just, you, no. So you and I and Doc Rock need <laughs> to get this together and get the after show branded uh, Echo Echo Spot camera cover. There you go. And get this, you know, get this thing on the road, and this will be a premium for our patreon i don't know we'll figure it out but i'm yeah. serious like this is this is a thing that you know for for five bucks you definitely will want to get and have the ability to prevent that camera from doing yes. things so and it doesn't just like a little it actually i mean it it would be like a little um latch like like you could flip yeah. it up and out the velcro is on the on the round side on the back and then there's this little latch that flips open and shut so yeah doc doc rock if you're listening we need to talk about this. We need to make this happen. We need to make this happen. So here was the other interesting thing that I thought Amazon announced was the um, the the Fire TV stuff. Mm, that's right. That's a whole other whole other piece of the puzzle. Yeah, because they sort of kicked in the 4K door at like seventy bucks. Isn't that the 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 Fire TV? The, yeah, the Chromecast was already at that price point for 4K. Um, yeah. but, but the Chromecast the Chromecast can't do weird. anything itself. Yeah, this is the thing. The Chromecast is basically a wireless adapter to put stuff on your TV for you. Like if Which the is Apple useful. TV only did AirPlay, that's what a Chromecast is. Yeah, I mean it's not quite. Uh, yes, and because the the difference is that you can actually sort of set it and forget it. So it's not a repeater. It's not like simply taking a browser tab and repeating it. It, it does have the ability. Like if you say Netflix or you say Hulu or you say, um, you know. Broadway HD or whatever cast this you're not locked into that it, it it the device the Chromecast then picks up that responsibility for that streaming and then you can use it as though it is a remote control the initiation Chromecast initiation always of, of whatever always comes from a device so it's right. so, so it's a little weird has to start somewhere else so if it I has to watch st- Empire right. Strikes Back it has to come from my iPad it has to come from my phone whatever like 
from Netflix, from Hulu, from from whatever. Yes, from well, Amazon. It's, it's the despecialized, so it's coming off my hard drive. But okay, yeah, a hard drive somewhere. Um, so that's the thing that I thought that for me sort of limited the utility of Chromecast for me is because mm -hmm. the Chrome, I don't sit down and watch something on the Chromecast. You can sit down and watch something on the fire TV. You can, so you do. Apple came out and said, guess what? We have all these 4k things for you now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do that with the Apple TV and it's all going to be amazing. And it's going to look just like the old one did. And it's, you know, it's not going to be any different, but what we are going to do for you is we're going to charge you more money for the 4K version. So yeah. it starts at 179 for a 4K Apple TV. Right. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and I'm getting one. Don't get me wrong, but it's a lot. <laughs> I almost well, bought I one last week. I don't have anything else that, that, that is 4K. So at this point, I don't care. I have but one I thing. Wanna... I have one thing that's 4K. And, and like right now, every all the 4K, the exist, I have a 4K um, Fire TV that's sort of that are the for the 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 box style that's mm -hmm. connected to the TV and like the 4K stuff goes to the TV and not the projector but but the the utility of that is is questionable it's like mm -hmm. do we need 4K probably not the the one that's interesting to me well go ahead finish your thought and I'll come back to the one that's interesting well the other thing i want to point out about about that is that um so the if you if you suppose you have a 4K TV, maybe you're looking at one for Christmas and mm -hmm. you're looking for a majigger, that's a technical term, kids. You need a majigger so you can watch 4K content on that new TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if you're strictly looking at it on paper, like everybody's going to buy the Fire TV yeah. because it's 70 bucks instead of 180. So or 200 if you want an Apple TV that has some actual storage behind it. But the other thing I wanted to point out was... Um, I discovered this thanks to John Martellaro over at Mac Observer, uh, real or fake 4K.com. Mm. Reason this is important is because if you're somebody like me who still occasionally buys a movie on a slab of plastic, it's good to know what those things are. And the other thing about it is that it will also give you um, formatting or f the format like um, this thing that Amazon is streaming or Netflix or Vudu. Um, like you can go and look and like on Netflix, here's what's actually 4K. Here's what's pretending to be 4K. Like here's stuff that was just upscaled so mm. that it will, it will broadcast in 4K, but it's really not like it wasn't shot in 4K. For example, Wonder Woman, which is one that I was um, that I had hoped would be 4K is actually fake. Uh <laughs> It's fake 4K. And part of the reason, well, here's the thing. Part of the reason that it is, is because um, the final master, like the the raw file that everything came from, is 2K. Yeah, so it ain't, it ain't, it ain't so, getting any better. Yeah, they upscaled it and retouched it. So it might look better than a Blu-ray, but it's not 4K. And so these are things that you can um, check. So, you know, you can pay a little extra to get a 4K Ultra HD version of Wonder Woman, but it's not really 4K. So... That's part of why I thought this was interesting is because I was uh, I was very curious to see that like, you know, because Wonder Woman came out this summer and mm. it's not 4K. Uh, so I thought these were some uh, very well, interesting. This is a very is interesting list to me to see what is and is not. Well, I'm glad that the emoji movie is fake 4K because that would just be depressing. <laughs> so, so what's interesting about it and looking at, I mean, some of these older films, it's not at all surprised. Like Serenity being upscaled 2K makes perfect sense. Um, right. Wonder Woman, you know, you look at something like that. You're, why would it be that way? And you notice then that the, from a production perspective, they have the option of rendering out the visual effects at 2K or 4K, mm -hmm. and there's a there is a cost and time saving to doing it lower at res at two right. so if you're trying to you know if you're trying to meet a schedule or you know not spend as much of the studio's mm -hmm. money but then why is something like murder on the orient express 4k <laughs> district i mean now see that the thing that because they didn't have as many effects to render is like all like maybe about, is like maybe that's what it was the thing that i mean the thing that's interesting is you know stuff that is shot on film uh, a lot of it is real 4k uh including For example, inception is 70 millimeter so that yeah. comes out as 4K. Blade, the original Blade Runner is real 4K, but mm -hmm. the new Blade Runner is, not. Uh, is nearly 4K, which is hilarious that we've mm. you know gone backwards uh, in in this time. But then you have something like um, District Nine. Mm -hmm. So District Nine 
is like a no budget or low budget science fiction film, but this is all 4K, and that's mm-hmm. amazing. That's a, that's yeah. kind of amazing to me. Um, so you know, and that's just, that's by the way is streaming on Amazon 4K UHD digital stream from Amazon. So so this is a lot. It was really interesting to me to look at this list. It's fascinating. Of, of stuff that is and is not, like you said, you know, District 9. Um, the Power Rangers movie is real 4K. <laughs> Apollo 13 is real Apollo, Well, 4K. Apollo 13 was shot on 70 millimeter or shot on film. Right. So, yeah. Right. Um, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. So, it's, it's hilarious to me what, like, did and did not make the cut in, in whatever way, you know. Yeah. And it, and what's funny about it is, you know, like we were talking about, you know, shooting on 70 millimeter, like it absolutely does not surprise me that Unforgiven, the old Clint Eastwood movie, is legit 4K because I'm sure that was shot on on 70 millimeter film. So or, it's real 4K. Th- it might have been shot on 35 millimeter, but it was definitely shot on film. So Right. It was uh, absolutely a film movie. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, introducing... 70 millimeter film negative was scanned oh. in 4K and all the uh. mastering done in 4K. Well, Typically, if a film has visual effects, it's rendered in 2K. And so that's what they're talking about. Is so, like you were talking about the time savings, I think that's why stuff with a lot of effects in it sometimes comes out to be... Fake, uh, fake two, 4K. Yeah, yeah, fake, because it's too and upscaled. So, like I said, this list was very illuminating. And uh, real or fake 4K.com is totally going to be in the show notes for people who are listening while they're at Ut and Boot. And uh, I, like I said, it was pretty interesting to find out what uh, is and is not. So if you are buying or you're looking to stream something to break in that new Fire Stick or that new Apple TV and your new 4K television, uh, here's a good way to find out what will really put it through its paces. Deadpool, nearly 4K. That's oh. going for it. Going for it. Um, <laughs> it is sad. Damn it, uh, Deadpool. Damn it, Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm I am I am terrified to discover the answer here. Whether oh, phew, I was worried that Sausage Party might have been 4K. <laughs> oh um, no, no, thank God. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, so um, there, there's like one other thing. Oh. Well, it's already we're already fifty minutes into the show. Holy smokes! But we got to talk about a couple things. Number one, um, everybody who has upgraded to the iOS eleven and the WatchOS four four um, may have observed what what we have observed, what I have observed, which is that on the plus side, you know, Apple is 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 trying to create affordances, ways that that the functionality and the features of the devices and the features of the OS can be discovered, creating discoverability in the OS, which is hard when the, when the UI is a pane of glass. Um, we, you know, when, when there, when you used to have a keyboard that had a print screen key on it, mm-hmm. uh, it was easy to know that there was an option to print the screen. Mm-hmm. That's an affordance. That is a, it is a user experience capability, a widget, a something that tells the user, hey, by the way, you can do something here. Uh, the three dots in the corner in material design, the hamburger in a lot mm-hmm. of other apps. Um, you need those affordances in order for users to know that something is even possible. And iOS 11 has created a lot of them and actually, you know, around around screenshots and around the control center and being a little more clever about, you know, what force touch can do or, you know, and, and, and all that stuff. But screenshots is the only one I like. Screenshots is nice. Um, and, but, and, but, yes, and the overall experience is a little obsequious. It's a little bit kind of like it's it it wants you to like it a little too much. It's a little clippy-esque in my opinion. It makes you feel a little bit like your phone is your phone is kind of clingy. Like it kind of wants you to kind of wants you to like it more than you do. See, um, my problem with it is I think it's just been fisher priced. Like I didn't need like it's nice that you tell me at the top of the messages window that I'm in messages. <laughs> But I didn't need it to be that size. And it's I, pretty big. Like, I went and double checked. and Because I'm like, why is everything ginormous on my phone? Because, see, here's the thing is I had laser eye surgery a few years ago. And so I'm 20-20 in both eyes now. It's terribly exciting to me. Um, because I was so blind for so long. And so the fact that I can see anything 
without any sort of uh, external assistance is very exciting to me, even still. Like, it's been a long time, and I'm still like, yay! And so I looked at this, and I'm like, this is ginormous, because, like, one of the security features I have is I ratchet everything to, like, the smallest possible text, because then, like, people can't physically read it. (laughs) Yeah, Like, except for me, I'm the only one. Like, this is what I have found. Like, hey, Check out this tweet on my phone. Isn't this funny? I can't read a word of what's on your screen, Kelly. Fine. Let me take a screenshot so you can zoom it way in. So to me, like I looked at this and I'm like, why does it say messages ginormously on my screen? Did I hose some setting when I upgraded to 11? And I went and looked and know everything's still at the smallest and like it's not bolded and all these things. And so... I feel sort of like Dora the Explorer is shouting at me every time I open an Apple app on my phone. Mail! (laughs) Messages! Phone! I'm like, oh, God. It's just, it's, it's terrible. I'm waiting for boots to show up. Backpack and and help. Actually, maps, maps is, maps is legit crossover. Where's the map? Where's the map? Where's the map? (laughs) Actually, maps, there's a small thing in maps that makes me happy now. And that is, uh, if you leave maps, and then you come back to maps and you had like looked up a location. When you go back to maps, it will update my location and then show you the rest of the way like of your route. So like I will start at my house and I will go, this is where I'm going to, you know, what's traffic look like? I just want to find the fastest way. And so mm-hmm. it will tell me. And then when I get part of the way along and I go back to maps, you know, it will go, oh, well, your current location isn't your house where you started. Your current location is here now. So this is how long it's going to take you. And this is the fastest way. And that's a very small thing that I like. And I like the thing with screenshots where you can tap on the screenshot and immediately mark it up however you want to and then save that, which is what I tend to do with a lot of screenshots. So I was pretty happy about that. But the rest of it is sort of frustrating me because it's taking up space on my phone. I got a new phone. I got an eight. Woo. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, I really enjoy it. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, well, because I'm the only one, so right. apparently. So, apparently, you're um, the only one. Yeah. Uh, Andy Anatko is carrying one around because he's carrying an 8 and an 8 plus, and he's been shooting some some pictures and putting them on Instagram and showing what they look like. Um, so aside from that, like that was one of the things that really bothered me about upgrading to 11, hmm. is that it started doing that. Um uh, I'm trying to think there was something in watch OS that I liked and I don't remember what it is. Um, the, the previews, the news previews are better. So you get a little picture with the news preview, which is nice. Um, the, well, the, another piece of the sort of obsequious is the workout reminders are like, Hey, you can do it. You know, oh, yeah. you, those are, those are kind of goofy, but I'll tell you something that's, that's interesting to me on the phone is I did my first drive, my first road trip with Do Not Disturb While Driving turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was interesting. Uh, the I, I Generally, I like it. I think it's, I mean, obviously, it's a huge safety improvement. It's, it's, it's good as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. The thing that is, the thing that I would like, mm-hmm. and partly this is just my inexperience with it, the, the, the um, if you read the manual, the, the the feature description says that if you're hooked up to hands-free or Bluetooth or presumably USB, and this is the part mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't wasn't sure about. For sure, if you're hooked up to Bluetooth or hands-free, and somebody calls you, it will ring through to the car, which is exactly what you want to have happen. Right. Um, I would also settle for Siri popping up and saying, "Hey, this person is trying to call you. Do you want you know? Do you want to? Do you want me to reply to them instead of telling them you're driving, or do you want to answer it? That would be great too. But that's not a thing. The problem was I was not sure since I had this phone hooked up via USB mm-hmm. to the car. I was not sure if calls were going to ring through, and I actually had to talk to somebody. Like I was on a phone call, and during the phone call, and the phone call was fine. Uh, except that Pandora thought it should be playing through while I was on the phone. So that was, that I could do with my watch. That was fun. Yeah. Like I'm tapping my watch and you know, swerving all over the road. Great. Big improvement. Um, <laughs> but I was on a call and my colleague said, okay, I'll call you back in a few minutes on your cell. I said, mm-hmm. great. And then a few minutes went by and I thought to myself, oh, I'm not sure if he's trying to call me and getting the do not disturb. The auto reply. Because yeah, I have no. who don't know, this actually yes. happened to me. Um, uh, Mr. Kelly turned it on mm-hmm. and in and so turned it on and I shot him a text 
I think right. it was. And I don't remember what it was, but it was something, you know, it, it wasn't urgent. Like it was, you know, he said he was going to stop at the store on the way home and I'm like, here's what we need or whatever. And it was something like that. And so, you know, whatever the text was that I sent him, like I immediately got a reply and it was, I'm driving right to now. Do not disturb. Please reply urgent and it will notify me or something like that. Right. And, which, and, was, and, which was great, but like very surprising to me. I just I I hadn't realized he had turned it on already, and I just thought that was like I was like oh it, it okay, actually, but at least it told me what to do too. Yeah, it it actually turns on by default if if it um a, a vanilla or an upgraded iOS eleven unless you specifically go in and disable it, it will it will mm-hmm. try to figure out whether you're driving now. In New York City, what that sometimes means is it will turn itself on while you're on the subway um, <laughs> because it, you're going from a lot of you're you know going you're going from right Wi-Fi access and, points, yeah. you're going the right speed, and you're and you're 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 moving. So you have to tell it I'm not I'm not actually driving and, right. and get your notifications. But I wasn't sure whether this call was going to come through or not, so I actually hey I hey Siri'd it. Is mm-hmm. she awake? Oh, she's awake. Shut up. Go to, go back to sleep. Thank you. Um, uh, and asked. Siri to text colleague and said, you know, please, I'm I'm driving. If you're trying to reach me, I may not get it. You may want to call through twice. Yeah. And when I didn't hear back from him in a couple of minutes, I called him and he said, no, I actually, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to call you. You're just, you know, insecure and, and weird. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's the, it, it creates a degree of uncertainty. It creates a degree of indeterminacy mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. Like if, if your notifications were on, they were on. That was a problem, but at least the information was flowing. The spice was flowing. Yeah. Now, the phone, it, it, it is, I, I hesitate to use the word paternalistic or nanny phone. Uh, and I'm not going to. I mean, I did, but I'm not going to actually apply them. <laughs> I'm just going to mention them in passing and sort of leave them over there. Um, it, it is a, it is a, an aspect of iOS 11 that mm-hmm. says we, Apple, and more broadly speaking, the mobile industry and the mobile OS community, mm-hmm. we recognize that the devices we've created, while magical and delightful, also have some interesting societal hidden costs with them. Right. And so in order to address those costs in some fashion, we we have to make the devices a little bit, in some ways, a little bit standoffish, and in other ways, a little bit obsequious. We have to make them, you know, apologetically get in your way, because right. the ways in which they are being used are maladaptive. And for sure, someone who is typing out texts with one hand at 65 miles an hour, which I have been a passenger in those scenarios, and it is freaking terrifying, and I never I want... It. I hate it. And I never want to be... I never want to be in that situation. I never want my friends or colleagues to be in that situation. And I I am glad that devices are trying to get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. But there is a part of this experience, which is the beginnings of the, we know what's best scenario. Yeah. But I feel like it's also, um, I, I feel a little bit like they're overdoing it now and that there will be, you know, it's like maps. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get it 100 percent right out of the gate because something opened in the time between when you published your map and when, you know, and 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 now, you know, when people are trying to use it, something has changed. Something is different. There's a new road. There's a road that got blocked off, whatever. And remember the outcry over Apple Maps. I mean, remember, like there yes. was that image that went around forever on Twitter that was the Apple Maps development team. And it was just a picture of all the people on Lost. And that's that I feel like that's where we're at with this. And there's going to come a point where, uh, you know, CarPlay is going to be smarter about that. And when more stuff has CarPlay, you know, it'll go, okay, I'm going to automatically put you in this. And there's going to be a way that, you know, other things are going to handle it a little differently. You know, like if it if it hooks up to the Bluetooth in the car while I am driving, like it's going to automatically do that. But like if I'm in Mr. Kelly's car and I'm only passenging, like it's going to know, you know, oh, well, you know, I am the passenger. And so it's going to not hassle me about car, about do not disturb while driving because I'm not driving. 
because maybe it sees maybe it you know sees the bluetooth but it sees there's a different phone connected to it so it's going to know that it isn't me so that i don't have this problem you know or like you if you're on a family trip like the phones in the back seat are not the people driving and so it should be okay for them to flip through instagram you know or text people like from the back seat this is so boring oh my god my dad like you know whatever uh, I mean, and I might say it's not okay, but that's a different matter. That's not a safety consideration. That's a that's right. A, I'm just talking about the phone. I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm talking about the phones. I'm not talking about the family dynamic in the automobile. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's like that's a thing to consider. And I feel like you know this is somebody taking a crack at it, and I'm yeah. very glad they're taking a crack at it. And um, I will be, I think, happier when it uh, when it's refined. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they had to do something like it's just now as of I think as of today, um, it is illegal to and I, I don't know what what the degree of this is. But in Oregon, where I live, yes, um, you, it's illegal to be using your phone while driving now. Like you can be pulled over just for that. It used to be like a thing that you could tack on a ticket. But now it's an offense all of its own that you can be pulled over for this and whatever. And I don't know if that means. You know, if you're me and sometimes I just hold my phone in my hand while I'm driving, yeah. I'm not looking at it or anything, but like I've got it, like I've got it you in could, my hand because I fired up the music or whatever. And so it's still in my hand. You could you still know, get pulled not, over. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that means I can still get pulled over or not or what. So I'm curious how that's going to go. But um, like as that becomes the norm, like I'm I'm glad for things like this that make it easier so that, for example, if I had texted mr kelly something that i actually needed a response on right rather than get no answer or something like it would it it came back to me immediately and i i had then it was on me is this urgent enough i know he's in the car is it urgent enough for me to do this so that maybe he glances at his arm or get serious or should i call him message or should i call call? yeah yeah because i think most of the folks who are in this scenario at least if you if you if you want to make a voice call you would be able to get through and again if it's that if it's that important but you're right it is it is putting the onus on where it needs to be, which is on the originator of the interaction and saying, right. look, you have to be, you have to be the human being. <laughs> yeah. Like the AI, the AI has done what the AI can do. Now you need to be the human being and say, okay, AI, you, we, we actually have a situation that needs to be addressed or we don't and, right. and make that call. So I think that's a good point. I, and I think I, it's a thing that's determinated, like that's determinated. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger joke to be made there, but I can't quite reach it from here. <laughs> I didn't wake up long enough ago. Um, Determinated. <laughs> um, Get to the Bluetooth. Okay. So it's mostly, to me, it's one of those things like do not disturb. Like I have do not disturb set overnight on my phone. Right. Um, so like my family is in my favorites list. And so I basically sat down with each of them and I said, here's the deal. You need to know that if it is the middle of the night and you need to call me, call me. And when it goes through to voicemail, hang up and, and call, call me back. again. Yeah. Because that second time it will ring. And I explained it to them. And then I told them, like, your phone does this too. Right. So, you know, so like if you are a person who, like, I have mine set to like between midnight and six. Um, yep. So if you're trying to call me because it's the middle of the night and there's a thing and it has happened and, you know, my parents are of an age that a thing has happened to both of them at different points. It was daytime, but it could be nighttime. And so I had to sit down with all my parents and go, look, here's the this deal. How it here's works. how it works. Yeah. This is what happens if you need me. There's don't feel bad about calling me back, you know, because I know my mom is going to be like, oh, I don't want trouble. And I'm like, if you already had to call me at two o'clock in the morning, it's trouble. Trouble's then call here. me again. And yeah. I need, you know, obviously. Obviously, I need to know if you've already made that determination because you don't like to use the phone after 9 p.m. So if you <laughs> yeah, need to call the me, electricity leaks out. <laughs> there'll be a fire. Okay. <laughs> it's so, not gonna, It's another so phone. If, right. if you if you do that, like, you know, I had to have that conversation with everybody. And so I sort of feel like this is another just sort of educational moment. Like you need to know, like if you text me and I'm in the car, you're going to get this message. If you need me either reply back to the text because it's going to tell you, you know, urgent. Or if it's something where you need to talk to me at this moment, then give me a call. Like the list, you know, the yeah. shopping list that I that I sent Mr. Kelly while he was in the car. It could wait until he got to, to the store He was going to see it when he got it. there? Yeah, he was going to... It's, right. it's, it's perfectly relevant. It's perfectly geographically relevant when he gets there. Um, 
we speaking of family obligations and communication, I have to go. Uh, I have to pick up my children. So let's pick up on that next show, folks. Preview. We're going to talk about educating your family around iOS features, specifically the ones that enable them to get a hold of you when they need to. We're going to get Kelly's review of the iPhone 8. Uh, we're going to talk more about, probably talk more about the Alexa and the um, and the water tower and the other good stuff. And we'll talk about Crash Plan, which we meant to talk about about a month ago when they, I think we did mention it when they exited the consumer market, but we're going to want to talk about some other options. Yeah. And Kelly, where can the people find you? Primarily, you can find me on Twitter as Verso. Uh, you can occasionally find me popping up over at the Incomparable Network on an occasional podcast over there. And you can also find me on the, at the Mac Observer uh, every week on Wednesday, you can hear me on the TMO Daily Observations podcast. And whenever I have something to write about Mac stuff uh, and Apple stuff, you will find it probably there. Awesome. And you can find me at Mike T. Rose on Twitter. You can find me occasionally around New York and Brooklyn hosting Geeks Who Drink Pub Quiz as a substitute host, which is exciting. Um, You will find me at Dreamforce in November. Plug for Dreamforce. Go check it out in San Francisco if you can. First week of November. Um, Housing is in tight supply, but you can find stuff if you look. And you can find the show at the underscore after show on Twitter, aftershowpodcast.com on the interwebs. We have been Mike and Kelly, and we will be back soon.